Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Without further ado, let's get into the Word. And uh, I just believe that there is a word on my heart that will encourage you, that will stir your faith up this morning, and that will help you to believe for greater things for your future. That no matter what you're going through in this season right now, that God has got incredible things ahead of you. So get excited. If you're sitting at home with your spouse or with some kids, why don't you elbow them and say, get excited. You're going to receive something fresh from God today. Come on, get excited. We're going to start with the scripture in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And it's the story about Jesus calming the storm, calming the storm in our lives. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, I just want to give you a bit of a context to this story. This took place at the Sea of Galilee. And I just want to give you a bit of facts about the Sea of Galilee because this was no ordinary place. This was an extraordinary place. And it's a place of crisis. Let me tell you that much. I mean, the Sea of Galilee is 600 feet below sea level. It's surrounded by mountains up to 3,000 feet high. And scientists say that the Sea of Galilee is different to all other bodies of water because it is subject to bizarre and severe weather. Wind comes down off the Gollum Heights and turns the lake into a churning, burning, chaotic cauldron. Wind comes down and, and, and the warm air hits the cool air and then all of a sudden you have a storm-like atmosphere that is created. Storms can occur almost daily at the Sea of Galilee. History records a wave, check this out, that is over 200 yards. That's a total of two football fields and it hit the city of Tiberias. If you go there today and park your car on the western shore of Galilee, you will see signs that say beware of waves that will swamp your car. Literally, these waves can swallow your car up if you're parked there at the wrong time. Isn't that Incredible. So the Sea of Galilee is considered to be a hotspot of disaster. And I don't know what you're going through right now, whether you feel like you're going through a hotspot of disaster, whether you're struggling financially or whether you're struggling with your relationships or whether you're struggling with your relationship with God or you're struggling with your own identity, you're struggling with anxiety or depression. Let me tell you, let me encourage you that Jesus Christ, through this text and through the power of the Holy Spirit, will reveal to us this morning, will reveal to us today that He will calm our storm no matter what it is, no matter how chaotic it looks like. Jesus is the one that will calm the storm. He responds with a miracle. But this is the question that most of us ask Him, and it's the same question that disciples asked Him during the time of crisis. And it is seen in verse 38. 
Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, God, do you even care about my situation? I mean, you can stop it. You can stop this from happening. You can stop this crisis from arriving and knocking it, knocking on my door. You can stop it from taking place. But do you even care that these things are happening? And if you do care, then why don't you stop these things from happening in my life? Do you even care, teacher? What is going on, God? Do you have full authority are you a sovereign god are you a powerful god we can question and doubt god in these times of crisis but i love it what jesus says in response to the disciples in the verse 40 just a few verses after he says this why are you so afraid do you still have no faith see we've got to understand the context of what Jesus is saying. Because just prior to this event taking place at the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was traveling, um, preaching on healing. Uh, many people would gather to see Jesus and to get physical healing, miracles from the hands of Jesus. And Jesus was teaching sermon series on faith. He even taught the sermon series of the mustard seed of faith, how with a little bit of faith, you can do extraordinary things and to trust in God, no matter what the circumstance and no matter what the situation, Jesus was trying to instill faith into the believers. And he even performed miracles on the Sabbath day, which meant that he really, really cares about you. He really cares about people, that he would go to any extent. He would go to any length. He who will travel any distance just to make sure that you are doing okay. God loves you and God wants to meet your needs where you are at. But do, do you still have faith? You of little faith. Where is your faith? And this is a great challenge for all of us. But in order to see breakthrough take place, I love it how the disciples needed to do one thing. And that one thing was wake Jesus up. What do we need to wake up in our lives? Is it faith that we need to wake up? Is it, do we need to stir up uh, prayer again in our lives? What do we need to wake up in our lives? Do we need to wake up an awareness of how we're going in our marriage? An awareness of how, many, how much time we're spending with our children? Awareness to adjust our lifestyle to be healthy on the inside. What do we need to wake up in our life? Do we need to wake up faith in our life for the impossible to take place? Do we need to wake up a sense of God's presence in our life? Do we need to wake up a passion for the Word of God, a passion for prayer and a passion for breakthrough. I'm telling you, Bright Church, that as you wake something up, that's where Jesus will perform a miracle in your life. Something needs to wake up so that you can see a miracle take place in your life. What needs to wake up right now in your life because when the enemy comes like a flood the spirit of the lord shall lift up a standard against him we need to wake something up because when we wake something up god will turn up as something begins to wake up then god begins to turn up if you want god to turn up in your life turn to the person next to you and say wake something up how exciting is that that all we need to do to see a miracle is start to wake something up no matter what the situation looks like right now. Bright Church, God loves you wherever you are right now, whether you're watching this from home, whether you're watching this at a friend's house, no matter where you are right now, let me tell you that as you wake something up, then God will turn up. I'll tell you a story about uh, a high school trip that we took uh, 
with some friends and we went down south of Sydney, close to Wollongong, a beautiful beach there. And we stayed at a friend's house there. And uh, my friend, our friend, fell asleep. And he wouldn't wake up. And let me tell you, he's a deep sleeper. And let me warn everybody out there who is a deep sleeper. When you're asleep and you're a deep sleeper, and there's a storm that takes place, and not even the storm wakes you up, bad things can happen to you, I'm telling you. So while our friend was asleep, we did some bad things to him. I mean, we drew on his face with a permanent marker. We, we uh, put shaving cream all over his hair. We even shaved some of the back of his hair. And I'm telling you, we did things to him that we probably shouldn't mention right now, but it was only up until the point where he woke up that something began to shift. I'm telling you, we weren't going to stay in that room when he woke up because he was very angry. So as soon as he woke up, we were running out of that room as fast as we could because there was going to be a storm that took place as he woke up. Let me encourage you, friend, as you wake something up, something will begin to shift in your life. God will perform miracles. Believe in a miracle working God. I mean, last time I was with you, Bright Church, we saw God do so many miracles, so many physical healings. I received so many messages and emails about people being physically healed. I received uh, emails from people saying that, this was a situation that was impossible for us to break through in. This is, if God doesn't do something, then there is no hope in this situation. And let me tell you, God turned up and performed miracles. God breathes life onto death things and he can turn things around for your benefit, for your good and for his glory. But something needs to wake up. Let me tell you, when there's a storm that took place in the Sea of Galilee, as hectic as it was, as crazy as it was, I'm surprised that the disciples had enough faith to stay in the boat. The only reason why they decided to stay in the boat in the midst of chaos, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of a storm situation is because they knew that Jesus was in the boat. Let me tell you, Bright Church, that Jesus is in your boat. Stay in the boat. There is a temptation right now for people to leave church, people to walk away from their marriage, people to walk away from their children and not have that emotional attachment and engagement with their children. There is a temptation right now for us to fall into temptation. There is a temptation right now for us to give up and give in and give up on the purposes of God and the call of God. But let me encourage you, stay in the boat. There was, a, there was also a temptation I've noticed right across Australia as I speak to many pastors and I preach at different churches that, that there are people who were once committed to a local church. They no longer are committed to their local church and they give up and they jump out of the boat. I'm telling you right now is the time where you need your community, your spiritual community. Do not give up on your family. Do not give up on your spiritual community. Stay in the boat. If you feel like walking away from your spouse, let me tell you, let me encourage you, do everything you can to stay in the boat. If you feel like departing from your faith and walking away from God, let me encourage you, Bright Church, stay in the boat because that is where the blessing will be. It's not outside, it's actually in the boat, even though it looks like things are caving in. And back in the days where Jesus was walking around in the flesh, they didn't have these horsepower jets. 
that were carrying th these boats around at, at you know, 100 knots an hour. What happened was they were in a wooden boat and the big storm came and almost swallowed up the boat, but the disciples had faith and trusted and they hung on to the little mustard seed of faith that they had and they said, God, I'm not going to believe the reports of the world. I'm going to look at your word and trust in what it says and start speaking your word over my life. Start speaking and declaring God's word over your life because I'm telling you, as you stay in the boat, that is where Jesus turns up and he performs a miracle in your life because Jesus is in the boat. Turn, someone, turn to someone next to you and say, Jesus is in the boat. I'm getting excited right now. I'm getting stirred up in my faith right now. I'm getting excited about you and about how God's going to bless you and how God's going to turn up in your situation and how you're going to have an experience where you say, my goodness, only God could have done that. My goodness, only God could have achieved this. God reigns and he's still on his throne. No matter what is happening in the world that we're living in right now, we can have faith. We can rest in the assurance that God is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. We don't need to panic. Our blessing will arrive at breaking point. And that, that may seem like a bit of an oxymoron, that a blessing will take place at a broken point in our lives. I mean, if you consider the, the Sea of Galilee and the boat, uh, prior to that, there was an, uh, an, a, a situation that took place where Jesus was teaching. And what happened was he was feeding the 5,000. I'm sure that some of you may know this story, but uh, just to give you a little bit of an understanding of this story is that these 5,000 plus people were very hungry and there wasn't enough food. But guess what? Instead of departing, instead of getting up and leaving, they decided to stay around and to hold on to the teachings of Jesus, onto the words of Jesus Christ. And often at times when we feel like we're in lack, we feel like we don't have enough, we feel like we are without, we feel like there is an empty place in our lives, an empty place in our heart, the first thing we want to do is to depart and to walk away from the words of God. But they remained in a place to sit under the word of God, to sit under the teachings of God. And let me tell you, when they broke the bread, that's when the miracle took place. When they broke the bread, it multiplied. One loaf became many pieces of bread. A few fish became multitudes pieces of fish. And let me tell you, it is at breaking point. It is that place where the bread was broken that the miracle took place. Your breakthrough will come from a place of brokenness in your life. So whenever you go through something that looks broken, whenever you feel empty and discouraged, let me tell you that there is a breakthrough that is just around the corner for you. That is the greatest signal for you to know that there is blessing around the corner when there is a time of brokenness in your life. But don't depart. Don't give up and give in. Don't walk away from God's word and his truth over your life. Stay in the boat. Trust in God's word and know that your breakthrough will come at a place of breaking point. I love that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says this, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. You know, Jesus comes just at the right time in your life. 
But, but today is the day to start believing for a miracle. Right now is the time to believe that a breakthrough is going to take place at your breaking point. I love it that even in our brokenness, even in our, the places that seem weak, even in our experiences where we have despair and emptiness and isolation in our life, that's where God shines his light. He shines his light in the brokenness. The light shines brighter in the darkness. And I don't know if you realized or if you noticed that this is a ceramic pot. And this ceramic pot literally broke in front of my house. And as this ceramic pot broke in front of my house, I felt like I had lost something. There was a sense of loss in my life. There was a sense of emptiness. There was a sense of something was missing in my life. And a bit of despair, it, it kind of overwhelmed me as this pot. It's actually a nice pot. And I paid a little bit of money for it, but it broke into like six pieces in front of my house. And as it broke, you know what? I said, I'm going to have a little bit of faith and I'm going to put this thing together. So what do you do? You turn to YouTube, don't you? If you want to learn a DIY. A DIY of how to fix your broken pot. So what I did was I looked at Kintsugi. Kintsugi is the process where a broken pot is made whole through the gluing on by gold. Now this gold that you see isn't real gold. It's gold plated, but it isn't 24 karat gold. But what you do is you put the clay pot together and you put the broken pieces together again and you, and you attach it together by using gold, something incredibly valuable. And this is like a picture of our own lives because we're all broken. I mean, we've all fallen short of God's glory. And to think for a second that we've got things together I mean, even our greatest moments of holiness are like filthy rags compared to God's holiness. And so we are just fooling ourselves. We are so vulnerable. And that is the truth. We are susceptible to the sin around us. And so that's why we need to know that God needs to put the broken pieces together. But being aware that as he puts the broken pieces together, this is the good news, my friend, that he will put them together. And as he puts the broken pieces of your life together, he will put more value and more worth upon this, upon your life. And you will find strength in your own weakness. I mean, God will heal you. He'll put the broken pieces together, but you will find strength in your moments of weakness because when I am weak then I am strong it's like an oxymoron God's power the Bible says is made perfect in our weakness and he will shine brightest in the moments of our brokenness and our breakthrough will come at breaking point in our lives let me encourage you bright church let's have faith let's believe for great things let's believe that there is going to come a time I'm telling you, where church will open up again, the doors will open up again. But let's make the most of this situation right now. I wouldn't be here with you unless we had online services. This enables me to be with you every week if we need to be together. How cool is that? We still have incredible opportunities in this season, but it's making the most of the opportunities that we have and realizing that God can use these times of brokenness in our lives to bring breakthrough. God needs one thing 
one ingredient to perform a miracle, and that is our mess. So as we bring our mess to God, God will perform a miracle on our behalf. Let me tell you that there was a time in my life where I experienced brokenness. There's a time in my life where I experienced despair. And I was just a young man and I was suffering from drug addiction. I was struggling with alcoholism. I was struggling to find a job. I had just been rejected from my girlfriend at the time. As a young man, I'd never been to church in my life at this point. And so I was faithless, godless, living a very ungodly life, doing all the things I shouldn't do. And knowing that in my heart I was doing the wrong thing, I kept doing them because I numbed them out. And I pushed God away, even though many people would come to me and try and encourage me to go to church. I would push those people away from my life. And in the midst of crisis, in the midst of chaos and disaster, I find myself almost getting imprisoned for eight years. I had two massive court cases. And one of those court cases, they wanted to sentence me to prison for eight years and Instead of serving that time, I prayed to God and I said, God, if you save me from this situation, I'll give my life over to you. And in the midst of committing all these crimes as a young man, not knowing who God was at all, never been to church in my life, so broken, so lost, so empty, uh, the court um, issued me with 24 months good behavior bond. I had to do community service and I needed to do 12 months of anger management counseling under the supervision of correctional officers. And so this was my life for some time. And this is the situation I found myself so broken, so lost. And in the midst of that chaos and in the midst of that storm and in the midst of that crisis in my life, I receive a phone call from my brother who was at that time, he was a drug dealer. He would, he would grow and sell his own drugs. He would manufacture his own drugs and distribute them out. And, and what happened was he gave me a phone call and he said, I've got bad news for you, Teo, but the father that you barely even know. I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. I didn't know my dad very well. He said, the father that you barely even know is at the hospital. There's been an unfortunate unfortunate circumstance that has taken place he's in the hospital and the doctors say he doesn't have long to live so I make my way towards the hospital and I walk towards his deathbed in the hospital in the ward that he's in and I slowly I can remember vividly walking towards his bed and I see this frail body you know I thought I was invincible at the time I thought that I was unbreakable at the time. I thought I could live any way I wanted, do whatever I wanted to do. But I didn't know that God's best life was through living in his purpose and surrendering my life to God. I didn't know any of that. And so I thought I was invincible, but I realized how weak we are as people. As I'm staring at this man who's meant to be a strong role model in my life and he's dying on a deathbed and I walk up to him. And I remember getting to know him a little bit as I'm sitting next to his bed. And I just felt to hold him in my arms. And I said to him, Dad, I, I love you. And the first time I ever heard these words from his lips, he said, Tao, I love you too. And then as he said those words, we conversed a little bit and I held him in my arms. And at that moment, he died in my arms as I was a young man. And that time for me, it, it broke my heart. And that time 
was quite traumatic and that time brought a lot of anxiety and, and stress and fear and depression and everything else that was going on in my life it just added to all those other things and I didn't know where to turn and I didn't know where to go and all I remember was the words no matter what you do follow Jesus Christ and people would tell me to go to church and I'd just say no and I'd just say no over and over again but there was something that compelled me to go to church to be united to the body of Christ to sit under the words of God to get in the boat and not jump out of the boat and to get into God's presence and I just made one step one decision to get close to Jesus in that moment with depression anxiety I mean I was so swamped with fear and, and failure people said that I was useless and I wasn't worth anything and I would never amount to anything I'd never accomplish anything in my life people would say that including my father say I'm no good for anything that I'm just a worthless human being. And I made one step towards God, one step towards the presence of God. And I made a decision to go to church. And as I went to church, I felt the presence of God in that service. And I was compelled to go back home, to go to my room. And I fell on my knees in my room at that time in my life. And I felt the presence of God and I so totally and utterly surrendered my life to Jesus in that moment. And in that moment, anxiety lifted off. In that moment, God broke the depression over my life. In that moment, the trauma that had been crippling me for years, the, the, the trauma of abuse and neglect that had been crippling me for years, something shifted over my life. And as I brought my mess to God, God performed a miracle in my life. And I'm telling you, friend, as you stay in the boat in this season and as you hand over your mess to God, he will turn up and he will perform a miracle in your life. But the breakthrough will come at breaking point. Hold on, be strong and know that God is a miracle working God. Know that God loves you and has the best for you. He wants the best for you. If, if God is with you, then nobody can be against you. God is for you and God is with you and you are now unstoppable and the mess and brokenness of your life will become your strength as you surrender to Jesus. Let me encourage you, friend, that this is not the end, but today is the beginning of the rest of your life. I mean, I'm so excited about what God is about to do in your personal life. And I want to pray a prayer. And this prayer is the most powerful prayer that you can pray. And it is to surrender your life to Jesus. If you want to experience something significant, if you want to experience breakthrough in your life, if you want to experience coming from a place of brokenness to wholeness, then first you need to unite yourself to Jesus. Let me pray this prayer. And as I pray this prayer, I would love it if you could repeat the prayer after me and mean it with your whole heart. Speak out of your heart, out of, out of that special place in your heart and genuinely pray this prayer to God. Not to me, but to God. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. I just pray, Father God, that you would forgive me of my sins. I pray, Father God, that you would make me whole. 
I thank you, Father God, that you've got great purposes over me, Father God. I choose to follow you. I let go of the past. I turn my back on my old ways and I put my hand into your hand and I ask you, Lord God, to lead me and to guide me. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I hand over my life to you so that you could give me the best life that you have in store for me. Thank you. And I put my faith in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.